Tim's lunch. Tim's lunch. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey, look. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Champs Lunch, a showdown podcast from the hosts of Some Like It, Scott. We are over here for another live stream on the Feature Presentations channel, uh, and we've got a great show for you tonight. Um, we are going to be talking heavily about the Intergeekdom Tournament, which is starting uh, on Monday for patrons with uh, the first play-in match, um, and we'll be going on for the next couple of months. So obviously we're very excited about that. Scott and I are going to be picking our brackets a little bit later, but first we are going to be talking to uh, a special guest who is going to be playing in the Intergeekdom Tournament. Uh, we'll bring him in in just a second, but first, how are you, Scott? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about this Intergeekdom Tournament. Excited for our guest. Um, I know when we first saw his name on the bracket, we're like, well, Scott, you've gotten to know him a little a little bit through your different interactions in the fan communities. I wonder if we could have him on and talk about uh, his first appearance in Intergeekdom. So very excited for this conversation and very excited to talk about everything that's been going on in the movie trivia showdown. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, he does have a, a little bit of a deadline. So we're just going to go ahead and get him in here. Um, our guest tonight joining us, former singles champ um, and playing in the Intergeekdom tournament. Paul Oyama. How's it going, Paul? How's it going, Scott? And Scott? And probably Scott somewhere else, too. Uh, but no, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, Scott Harvey reached out to me, um, just asked me to come on. I figured it'd be fun to come and talk about the tournament. And uh, it's nice to take, like, a brief respite from uh, from watching Catwoman for the third time. So, you know. <laughs> Only three well, times? You're falling behind. It, uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because that is actually kind of one thing I wanted to ask you about. Since you brought it up, I'll go ahead and ask you. Do you enjoy watching intergeekdom movies? Because I know, like, obviously you're, in, you're, in, you're very into general movies. Like, from what I know about your movie taste, you have a fairly, like, high-minded taste when it comes to movies. So I, 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 did, I do wonder, like, do you enjoy watching? Like, I mean, obviously there's, there's highs and lows, but are you doing this because you enjoy watching the movies or just for the competition aspect? Yeah, there are highs and lows. There's no high and low, uh, which is a movie I wish was an intergeekdom. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, there, actually, I like enjoy most of them um, more than people would probably expect. I think like with superhero movies, even the bad ones on some surface level are somewhat entertaining. Um, so like for me, like I certainly miss um, you know other movies. I, I miss you know as as a lot of people who know me probably know I miss like the Criterion Channel and and, and lots of other types of movies, but it's kind of fun to like go into this sphere and it's almost like, you know, regular, the regular league is almost like a, a, a whole different muscle group. Um, then intergeekdom intergeekdom is like doing an entirely different set um, of preparation. You know, like you look at the movies in a different way. Um, it's, it's a fun enterprise, I think to, to, to kind of find myself in here. Um, and I think it's, a, it's a good challenge for me um, for myself really, just cause I think like it's, a, you know, it's a, the kind of thing where I always thought like, I'm sure I could do reasonably well. And then I thought about it more and like, I played in some geek matches like back when I was in the fan leagues and like it's stuff that like they're still movies, you know, like ultimately. So like, it's not that out of, outside of the realm of what I would already be doing. And I, I like a lot of them more than people would probably think. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, yeah, and you mentioned there, I mean, don't sell yourself short. You were a fandom teams champion um, in, in the fan mm -hmm. league. So, I mean, people may, may not uh, know that fact, may think you're just kind of giving Intergeekdom a world just because there's going to be this tournament. But obviously, you do have some uh, experience with that. So I do want to ask, 
did you always plan to get into intergeekdom this season? Because obviously, you know, you just stuck to singles and teams last year, or was it kind of a, you know, the tournament came along and you're like, Hey, it's quarantine. Might as well just throw my hat. In the ring. No, they, they've talked about it on, I think backstage, I had a match an intergeekdom match scheduled for the week that COVID shut everything down. So like I was supposed right. to play, um, I was supposed to play David Moore in intergeekdom. Uh, okay. That obviously didn't happen. So it was something that I was already looking to do. I think that I certainly took it more seriously with the tournament coming on, um, both because of my opponent uh, that I'm playing now and also just because of the entire idea of the tournament, trying to get our faction the most points possible. Um, I definitely put more time into it now than I think I did back when I was preparing for that first match. But, yeah, inter like, Interdictum is something that I've always thought about. Um, and it, the, just the fact that there's no singles and teams happening really put my mind to it. So, like, you know, for a long time I was worried about splintering myself off you know like i was worried that my singles and teams career would would suffer and that's the, the the league that i care the most about the leagues that i care most about are singles and teams and i would never want to sacrifice that for them really but now like that's not happening so i think it's allowed me the leeway to really just sort of dive into intergeekdom in, in the way that i would like to if i was going to compete like i i wouldn't want to just show up sort of haphazardly not really preparing um and come up put on a really poor showcase so i think like for me like having that time and being able to really um sort of dive deep in the waters were was sort of the reason that i finally committed myself to doing it yeah the downside is maybe that everyone else is also going to have the time right now to be watching these movies because we're in quarantine but uh alex is making a good point here that ig is now as important as the other leagues which is true especially now with the faction standings and everything and obviously paul your faction is doing very well and so you have a chance to you know make some noise on uh, the leaders, who, who is obviously the Fence Stock Exchange right now. Scott, um, you have a question? Yeah, no, I, I think one of the things that I was thinking about coming off what you said there, talking about kind of exercising a, a different muscle group and hearing you talk about how you wouldn't want to go into something like the Intergeekdom League a little bit haphazardly and maybe, I don't know, not necessarily ruin, but you know, put a little bit of an asterisk on your reputation if you underperform there well, and, and after, have after spectacular i don't know if i could do much to, to ruin my reputation anymore oh. <laughs> you know I don't, I don't know about that i i, I could see how i could see how that might be your perspective I, I don't know if it if that's a if that's a universally held thought but no i i'm curious to say like how much have you had to maybe maybe it's not at all but how much have you had to rethink your strategy about how you're approaching studying the movies obviously not asking for any specific details or anything like that but is it really kind of a wholesale different process of what you're thinking about when you're watching movies or is it more just about the notes you're taking watching the movies is it completely different i'm just curious what your thoughts are there because you do hear people talk about that a lot yeah i mean it is different but also like this again taking back to the the time in the families when i played in geek leagues yeah it's just sort of getting back into that habit of things you know looking at certain pieces of information that you would otherwise not care to register in, in, in another um movie for just watching something for singles or teams but um, it, I mean, I guess in that sense, it's different from what I usually do, but it's not new. So it's mm -hmm. not like it's some sort of totally unfamiliar ground for me. Yeah. It's still like, and ultimately I think a lot of the information is, is sort of intuitive. If you care about a lot of these universes, you know, like a lot of, like if you're a big fan of, of, of Star Wars or Middle Earth, like certain information is going to be important to you yeah. that other people might not notice. And I think it's just, this is just an amalgamation of all that, but with all of the different franchises put together. So it's like, Again, it's, yeah, it's it's not new. Um, it is different a little bit. It's it's a bit of a transition for me. Like it definitely took me uh, a little bit to sort of get used to, you know, 
like locking onto certain pieces of information. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it's, yeah, again, it's something that I'm, I'm reasonably familiar with. And like, ultimately like it still is movie trivia. So it's yeah. not too outside of the realm of what I would already do. And how, how much does it help? Would you, I mean, again, kind of the theme of season seven is having these factions and everything. And how helpful has it been to have Winston as your manager, to have Sean Drew in your faction, other members of your faction kind of pooling together and, and helping out at all? I mean, obviously, every every faction has two people in this tournament. Has, has that sort of, I mean, it seems obvious that it would aid you, but like how much has that aided you in, in sort of diving in and thinking about the right kind of details when you're watching these movies? Or have you mostly been kind of off on your own doing doing your own thing setting for this? No, no, quite a bit. I, I mean, especially like, yeah, I think I, it's good that you mentioned Chandra just because especially with Energy Kingdom, he's been so helpful to me and Adam in terms of like our preparation for the whole thing. Um, him and Winston have just been really good about keeping tabs on us and regularly um, giving us sort of the tools we need to succeed. Uh, and and also like as, a, as another thing, like I spent last year in the same faction as Kevin Smets. I was around him, saw him prepare, saw the way that he, he approached the league. I don't quite do some of the things that he does. Um, but yeah, I think that the co- combination of that experience and also just now, like just being, and so many of our, our faction players are like inner geekdom sort of related, even if they're not competing, like someone like Sean Gerber, who we just picked up is like, obviously very good at the MCU, um, yeah. and knows a lot of geek stuff very well. Winston competed, albeit not particularly successfully in inner geekdom before, um, I'm but sure I even Lon, right? Even Lon Harris probably has pretty good, inter- decent well, inter- you know, knowledge. Maybe Lon, not. I think, too busy stealing from schools and, uh, and <laughs> avoiding detection uh, from the police. But no, um, <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think the way that we all sort of come together is really satisfying. And like all, all of our faction members, just, you know, at some point fit in, you know, helping Ace kind of prepare for Star Wars sort of helped a bit as well. So yeah. it's really this combination of, of different factors that's allowing um it's really allowing me to bring all of them together and hopefully improve myself in a way that wouldn't be possible if I was just on my own. Totally. All right. Well, let's talk about that match you have coming up then. And Leo with a little bit of a tease here saying, what happens if Paul beats Chance and he'll be 2-0 and over him? Obviously, you do know Chance very well. Um, you know, the, both came from the fan leagues, but more than that, as Leo alluded to there, you you had that match, which was very close. Um you know, came down to the to the last question. Uh, what was your mindset when you saw that you were going to be facing Chance again, and that they were pitting two family people against each other? Uh, admittedly, like a little annoyed. You know, like I don't really have much to gain from it. Ultimately, um, really, all I have is to lose bragging rights, I suppose. Uh, I mean, it, it again, it makes sense why we'd be matched up against each other. Totally understand the inclination to sort of have this rivalry be sort of you know um, bred anew in the Inner Kingdom League. Um, I mean, it's tough, though. Like, you know, like, Chance is 0-1 in Intergeekdom, but I think that, quite frankly, he's better than a lot of people that have wins. Um, so it's yeah. not ideal. It's sort of a big uphill climb. And also, like, just historically, he loves the movies, I think, a lot more than I do. Um, but, like, again, I do have experience beating him before. Uh, and I, I, th- I think that it, it, it wouldn't really... Uh, it would behoove me to do it again as well. I'd love to have those bragging rights over him. Um but I mean, again, ultimately, like I still have to prepare, like I would for any opponent. Doesn't matter if I'm playing Robert Parker or if I'm playing against some guy that that, that works at Chick Fil A. Like, I still have to be ready um, and understand my half of the questions uh, more than anything else. Well, I was gonna say, not gaining anything, you're gonna gain the right to play Robert Parker, probably assuming he wins his first round match. Yeah, I mean, like you know, everyone's got to win their first match. I, I, for me, I haven't really thought too much about playing who the next person is because this is i feel like this first one's so important yeah uh, 
I'm sort of laser focused at, at the moment, just because like, again, like I think a lot of people sort of underestimate chance. I mean, as a player overall, but especially as a player to keep them, like if you watch the first match he was in, like he outlasted Chandru, who is now the number one contender, um, very easily could have won the match. It was basically set up for a chance to win the match if he just would have hit his five. So I think like, it's not someone that I would to any degree take lightly or not take seriously. Yeah, my preparation is going to be just as, as sort of serious as it ever was and never has been. That's been a lot of the story for for a chance in singles and intergeekdom is it set up if he could if he could hit his five. But, I mean, we'll yeah, I mean, and that, it's it's tough for him too because I feel like every tournament and the first, like his first matchup is against uh, against someone someone yeah. pretty formidable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I won't I won't pretend like me and intergeekdom is the same thing as as Bibiani or Irwin in, in singles, but it's definitely like you know not the easiest run for him either. So I can't complain too much. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, because obviously, you know, he did, he could have won that match if he had hit the five-pointer, the singles match. Do you think he, like, he's going to want it that much more, like, this match, because he came so close and it was in his hands, or do you think he's just going to treat it like a normal match? I mean, I don't think he could want it more than he even did during that match. I know that during yeah. that match, we were both taking it very seriously, just because, I mean, aside from the fact that it was it was a match to get into a number one contender match, I think that, like, it was sort of, you know, this this moment where it's like these two young stars and seeing which one of them sort of rises to the top first. Um, you know, in singles, obviously, I, I had the, the, the ball bounce my way. Um, but, I mean, I, I he takes every match super seriously, and I know that, and I know that, like, he puts in just as much work as people that get a lot more credit for the amount of work that they put in. Um, so I, I definitely think that he'll be ready. And I mean, he's always hungry. I think that's like, you know, his, his career is sort of in a tough spot in singles. So I think that like any league where he can prove himself is going to be important for him. Um, so I need to be just as hungry, if not more hungry, um, which I, I think I am. Yeah. I can't imagine you can get along too well with Mike Kalinowski if you're not working as hard or if not harder than Mike Kalinowski is. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, just having Mike around too as a resource is probably huge for him if you think about it. Just not not even just the skill itself, but the pedigree and the experience in those big moments. I think that Mike is going to be able to help uh, Shannon prepare Chance uh, in a way that's going to be very serious. And, like, again, it's going to be tough. Um, I feel good about overall, but it's definitely, like, you know, there are, there are other first-round matchups that I, I certainly would have preferred. I'll just say that. So, yeah, mentioning Mike there, looking at the bracket as a whole, um, who are there other matches um, that you have your eye on, maybe just as a fan, or are there other competitors who, I mean, is there anyone in particular who you would like to face? I mean, obviously, Robert is, um, you know, uh, very talked about right now, came from the fan leagues as well. Um, any other, anybody else out there who you think you'd want to face or you think could be a sleeper in this tournament? Um, I mean, honestly, I'd rather not face Robert. Uh, that's well, <laughs> if I can yeah. avoid that. Um, <laughs> if, I could, if I could win and avoid facing Robert, that'd be nice. But no, um, I really have not put a lot of thought into the, the tournament as a fan, just because I'm trying to take it so seriously as a competitor. Um, it's interesting. This is maybe like the most individual time I've put into a match um, since probably my 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 last title match, really against Ben. Um, like, you know, it's it's such a different, again, it's a different arena for me. So I have to sort of reset myself, not completely, but much more than I would for, you know, for singles, like the baseline inherent stuff, I'm just going to, to have absorbed just by being a, a fan. So now it's like a new set of challenges. And I think I just have to take, tackle this whole thing head on. Um, so yeah, I've really just been thinking about my match. I don't really um, have the energy or time to put into thinking about, you know, who's in this match or that match. Like, I certainly hope Adam does well in his match, and, like, we're trying to help him prepare as much as possible. He's got a tough opponent as well. But, no, I think most of my focus has been on chance. Um, 
and be, be like having myself prepared to play him. Yeah, um, I just put a comment there. If you have any questions uh, in the chat, go ahead and, and put them in there because Paul will have to hop out in just a few minutes. I do have a, another question I want to ask you outside the inner geekdom realm because this is something we talked about a couple weeks ago. The new releases match. I just want to get your opinion on this. Was that question asked to Brendan Meyer? Was that maybe one of the hardest questions that's ever been asked in the Schmodown, the, the Just Mercy question? Yeah, I don't know. Is that match technically public? I don't know if that's a thing that we're. I'm technically allowed to like really talk too much about. Um, Did, is that one? Is that not one of the ones that they publish? Oh, okay. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, so okay. yeah, I don't, I don't totally want to get into the whole All thing. Right. Fair um, enough. That, that, Fair that, enough. That, I will say that that question was pretty tough, but yeah, you'll ha you'll have to 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 see the matches as, as a patron to find out what Scott's talking about. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what, what about singles and, and teams? What can we expect to see from you for the rest of the year? You know, assuming things that assuming that things get back to normal, obviously you have um, a match coming up against deep 13 um, in teams. You know, what are your, what are your feelings on that match? Cause obviously they really lit it up in their first match. Well, I, I mean, I don't know if that match is still happening as scheduled. The thing is like, I almost think that with the way that the year is laid out now, we might even just go straight into the tournament and maybe that is going to be our tournament match. You never know. Um, uh, we were supposed to play them during the time that COVID struck as well, so that's that's a bit of a tough, uh, tough hang. But I mean, singles and teams is something that again I take things one step at a time. So I think I, I haven't really thought too much about it. I've kind of backburnered that for now, just because I think I have to take Intergeekdom pretty seriously. This is not a league that you can yeah. sort of waltz into and expect to do particularly well. Um, so I mean, trust me, when singles and teams comes around, I will be ready. I'll be prepared. I'll put in the time that I need to put in. Uh, me and Lon will, will, will again be a, a team. I think that people should should definitely take seriously. But for now, that's not something that I've put a lot of stock into, just because I think I don't. I can't afford to sort of splinter my mind into all these different directions right now. Scott, you have uh, other questions? Not not particularly related to to Inner Geekdom. Do we have any questions in in the chat about this related uh, to the tournament? Not in the moment. Not at the moment. I will I will ask you this because I, I I do want to get your thoughts on this. What do you think about all of this uh, Brandon Hanna stuff that is happening right now? Because obviously he has been speaking out. He's been putting a lot of people on blast since um, all of the, the trade business happened. He's, he's got a big match coming up against Saul. Um, what do you think about this new side of Brandon that we're seeing? Obviously another person that came from the families. Yeah, I haven't really gotten too involved in the whole thing. I, I, it's kind of nice, though, to just have him taking all the attention from people away and so I can just <laughs> focus on myself and my match. Like, I think, like, for me, I don't know what that would do to, to my psyche to be having this sort of focus about the persona and all this stuff. I, so I haven't really dug too deep into that, to be honest. I've kind of stayed away from it as much as I can. Um, I mean, it's certainly interesting. It's 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 crazy to have him so in the sort of zeitgeist of the Shmodan right now. Like, he, he's sort of the thing that people are talking about. Um, but again, I think, like, how the tournament shakes out will totally shape it. You know, like, if, if, he, if he loses in round one, I think that could all go away pretty quickly. Um, if he does well, like it could become even more of a thing than it even is now. You know, like if he ends up going against, you know, either either um, you know Jen Kemp or, or Alex Damon, and eventually if he plays someone like Mike or Eric Zipper or whatever, like I think that like he, you know, he could become more of a story or less of a story, and the, the how he plays is really going to dictate the way that that shape that's shaped from here. Because I think you know I don't I can't imagine it getting too much bigger than it is at the moment. Leo asks Paul, "Who do you have for the Star Wars tournament?" Obviously, we've had a couple matches there. Laura Kelly just put in a really impressive performance. Uh, anyone that you are you're tapping to go all the way there? 
Well, only one person has a, a KO so far in the uh, Star Wars tournament, uh, and that's my boy Ace. So uh, <laughs> I will always support my faction. Um, again, I haven't really thought about the Star Wars tournament all that much, aside from helping Ace prepare for what he needs to prepare for. I think that's, again, something that's that's more left to, to people with a little more time on their hands and, and less things to focus on. Um, I mean, there are a lot of good Star Wars players. I think that this... In Star Wars, the the disparity between the the, the truly elite and, and just the good and great players is really small, so mm-hmm. it's hard to really say. Just because, as we've seen, the match can just be decided by like one question in round one, basically. So like, yeah, I have no really no concept of who I think will or should win outside of the fact that I, I'm going to help Ace do as well as he can, and I think he's got a real shot against uh, against Ken. So we'll see. Yeah, it looked for a little while just the other day that it, that Ratzenberger versus Ratzenberg might might end up deciding the match because Sean Sullivan had said that in round one. Last question before you do jump out of here, Paul, and, and going back toward, to your preparation and, and just because we've gone online to you know to StreamYard to tape the matches, is that feel like something that's more comfortable to you, obviously, starting in the fan leagues, being very familiar uh, with at least recording matches online, whether it's over Discord or StreamYard, wherever it might be? Uh, versus now having gotten used to probably recording in studio, even in, in live settings. Uh, is this something that you're excited about, or would you rather be in studio at this point? I don't think everyone would rather be in studio, ultimately. Um, you know, when I played, it was actually pre-StreamYard, so this was, this was back yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Google Hangouts. Google Hangouts. <laughs> Google Hangouts. <yeah. laughs> but no, I mean, either way is fine with me, really. Like, I'm at this point, like, I've played enough matches in the studio that it's, like, pretty comfortable. It's not really that different. Um, it does feel like it's interesting to sort of go back to the, this, this place that I spent so much time doing. And, and again, the new releases match was kind of another primer for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I certainly think that I'll be more comfortable than other people. I won't be uncomfortable in this situation. I think a lot of yeah. people will not know what to do with themselves. Um, but it's funny, you know, me and Chance both have a lot of, a lot of time spent um, yeah. playing on our laptops. So that's, uh, it's just going to be more, more of the same for us in a lot of ways. Yeah, I was Hopefully wondering if change the dynamic. Be a little bit better, but... Oh, sorry. I was just saying that hopefully Chance's internet will will hold up. <laughs> I was just wondering how it changed the di- if it changed the dynamic for you at all in any way you might mentally prepare for the match. But given all the experience that you have, maybe not. I don't know. Not really. I mean, yeah. it lets me get more sleep. You know, a lot sometimes the matches that at the spot on tape quite early in the morning, and and for yeah. the most part these no, these matches are not. But other than that, not really. I mean, I think that you have to be just as prepared, if not more prepared. There's always. Um, I think that thinking that you can be lax just because it's a comfortable environment for you is a, is a one-way ticket to loser town. So that's uh, not <laughs> something that I want to go down. Yeah. Bobby Gucci, there you go. that, that will be your behavior. Party, parting message there from Tony is calling you a gray-haired old man. Uh, Paul, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we, we wish you the best of luck uh, against Chance and beyond um, and whatever else is to, to come for you this season in, in the showdown. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you guys very much. Uh, love being on. Uh, love to yeah. be back. Best of luck. Yeah. Maybe you maybe you can come back yeah. on in a month and talk about how you won. We'll see. We'll Good see. Luck. See ya. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so that was Paul Oyama talking about uh, the tournament there and his match with Chance Ellison. Um, I, you know, I was I was hoping that he would bring the fire and really go after Chance, but very, very respectful uh, of, of his opponent there, which you know you love to see that too. Um, he's hedging. He's hedging. He, he doesn't he doesn't want to come out too hot and then lose that match. He, obviously, yeah. Clear, clearly, it's clear from the interview he's he's really devoted a lot of time to that. And you were and you were talking about how 
you've been noticing on his letterbox account how many how many interdictive movies yeah. he's been he's been logging so even before they announced he was playing you you had mentioned that so you're like he must be playing in the in the tournament yeah and I mean, I think he is right about Chance's quality as an intergeekdom player as well. I mean, I think 100%. that his record his record does belie, um, you know, how he how he is playing and and or how he how he is an intergeekdom and, and you know, like we talked about, everyone is going to be at sort of an advantage study wise because you have so much more free time, presumably now with with all of this quarantine stuff going on to to study. So um, I, I think that we're going to see some high scoring matches potentially in this tournament. Yeah, it could be it could be very interesting to see and I and I agree with what he's saying about how he may have may have wanted somebody else in in the first round other than chance because there are some matchups that are also people who are either new to the intergeekdom league or making their debuts for the Shimano all together who are playing each other. And so yeah. I, I can definitely hear his my his relatively minor gripe because ultimately you still gotta go out there and still gotta do the business. It's not he's not gonna prepare any differently, uh, depending on whether he's playing chance or anyone else. In the tournament, but yeah, it, it was definitely one of those things where you're like, hmm, random draw. Of course, it's not it's not a hundred percent a random draw, but this match does seem tailor made uh, for yeah. the dynamic that these two have had just in in the past year in the Schmodown. And I think one of the things that you, you kind of started to hit at it is that somehow this match isn't being talked about at all because of Brandon Hanna, and it's pretty remarkable that it doesn't really. I mean, yes, we have the Star Wars tournament too, and some of that attention will shift once we kick things off next week. But it surprised me that more people aren't talking about this already. No, I agree. Uh, Tony bringing up, if you want more Paul on this channel, yes, he was in Fantasy Film Fights this week. It was a great episode, too. The docu documentaries, a lot of my favorites got picked, and Paul picked Hoop Dreams, which is my favorite in round one. So um, free solo, the man, man knows what's up when it comes to doc. I don't believe Free Solo got picked, actually. But, Unreal um, didn't get picked. But a, a lot of good ones were picked, so so definitely check out that episode. But okay, Scott, we were talking to intergate tournament, so why don't we get into to this bracket um, and let's make some predictions here. Uh, obviously, we're we're already uh, one and one uh, with our or yeah. And did you have Laura Kelly? Yeah, you had Laura Kelly, right? No, I'm Shonsa. I'm owing two. <laughs> oh, uh, well, we both missed the playing game because we both said Cavado, but um, yeah, I, I'm not sure how how good you're feeling about not picking Laura Kelly now. But we'll get well to as, the soon, as soon as as soon as I saw the promo, as soon as I saw the promo, I was like, "Nah, yeah. I made a mistake." <laughs> <laughs> Mistakes were made. Uh, yeah, but let's as, get as, to soon the as, I, as soon as I saw Laura's manager in the promo, I was like, "Now nah, I'm done." Let's get to the inner geek and bracket, Scott. And let's start with Barbarian against Adam Hlavik. Paul mentioning Adam there. They've been preparing him, a member of SWAG, obviously someone who knows his way around the intergeekdom division against one of the most talked about rookies in Barbarian. We haven't seen what he can do in intergeekdom, but we have seen what he can do in singles, and it's very impressive. Do you think that he will be able to translate that to IG and get the win here? I do think he's going to be able to translate that. I I, I was thinking before we kind of got on air here about the bracket, where my where my picks were going to lie, and I think... Robert Parker, of course, garnering a lot of attention for having only played one match. It feels like every single person who's maybe a little bit more mature and experienced in the Schmodown has been saying, everyone needs to slow down. It's just one match because he has so much hype around him. I personally think that's well-deserved hype based on his first match and also all the data points that we've had from the fan leagues. But someone who's also gotten a lot of hype, like you were just mentioning, is the Barbarian. And yes, he had a great singles debut. I mean, the way the people in the Finstock Exchange talk about this guy is just something to make it makes you feel afraid for whoever goes up against him i think no matter what division he's in and uh it, it is also a patreon exclusive match but his performance in the jurassic park match also is is really something special as well and and although i i 
99% sure Jurassic Park will not be appearing in this intergeekdom match. Uh, it, it makes you understand that not only does Barbarian have the capabilities to perform well in an environment like singles, where it's a lot more about breadth of knowledge rather than depth, but he also has the depth of knowledge as well. And I, you know, Adam Lavick has been a mainstay in the Intergeekdom League for you know two and two and a half years now, if not more. And I think that he will put in a good performance like he almost always does, but I don't think a good performance is going to be enough to beat Barbarian. So I'm, I'm picking I'm picking Craig on this one. Yeah, I mean this this is a tough match, right? Because you want to go with um with adam Plavic with just because of his experience he is one of the he has been one of the more consistent intergeekdom players throughout the past couple of seasons but it's kind of like what's behind door number two is is so much more in, enticing perhaps with with barbarian the fact that he has lit it up in in other other matches and other divisions um you know it just seems like he has one of those brains maybe where he he's going to be the person he's going to be the type of person like a kevin smith or like a mike kalinowski who yep. can really just process all of this information and and you know be able to to pull those answers um when even when the questions get into some some really deep cuts so i think this will be a close match i, I don't think that barbarian is gonna gonna steamroll him or anything but i am gonna give the edge i get to, to Barbarian again, Finstock Exchange. It's it's hard for me to ever pick against one of their players because of what a good track record they have with just winning and winning and winning. Yeah, um, and it's it's really remarkable too because uh, you know obviously Barbarian is is one of those people who had you know just this horrible experience. Not I mean not just in terms of COVID nineteen everything that's been going on, but the loss of his wife. Uh, we mentioned it I think on our last episode as well. And it's one of those situations where. You know, that could be a serious detractor in anyone's performance in the movie tribute. It doesn't matter what league, doesn't matter what, what's what's happening, you know, what match is going to be like. That is something that could take away. But the way that everyone in the Finstock Exchange has talked about this, you know, week in, week out, anytime they have a mic, you know, near their face is, is that like something about this, that, like it is motivating him to do even more. And he's really just kind of sinking himself into the work that is this, you know, preparing for this inner geekdom tournament. And when I hear that, and when I hear the way that it seems like everyone is talking about him in that faction, like they don't all have to be coming out and blowing smoke when no one's asking any questions about him. And they all come out, and it seems like any chance they have, it's just he's gonna he's gonna be the one of the most dominant players across multiple divisions I've ever seen. Now, obviously, I'm not going that far yet, but I think even with this whole context of everything that's happening with you know with his now late wife. Um, I still think, again, it sounds like he's going to be using that as motivation more than anything else. And so I'd be afraid of him. Yeah, I, I definitely would, too. And people who may have to worry about facing him in round two are Janine and John Humphrey, which is our next match. Two people, again, we're, we're very familiar with in the Schmodown. They've been around for, you know, a couple, two, two plus seasons now. Um but have never played in an inner geekdom match before. Um, Scott, who do you think uh, is going to win here in this matchup uh, between the usual suspects and the quirky mercs? Yeah. So I, I've, this is one match that I've had to think long and hard about <laughs> where I'm going to predict. Cause I just have no idea uh, kind of like the last round. It feels like my heart wants to pick Janine like so, so badly, but I feel like kind of like whenever I've gotten behind her, kind of like Stacy Howard, like whenever I've gotten behind Janine, I feel like it just never quite comes together. It never quite delivers on my belief in her. And so part of me just thinks that, you know, maybe John Humphrey is going to do this. I mean, he had a fantastic free for all performance 
now I granted that was two years ago. Now, when he did have that really strong, it was two years ago, right? I think uh, really strong performance. And I wonder if his singles performance would translate to the depth that is required for inner geekdom. I think that's the biggest sort of hurdle that I have picking John Humphrey. So I am going to go with my heart here. I really hope Janine doesn't let me down because I am going to go with Janine, but I wouldn't be surprised if John Humphrey can, can conjure up something special. Cause I always think he's been the stronger part of the real rejects. And if he can put things together, he like, I definitely think he has the ability to, to beat Janine. I just don't know how much he's going to actually be preparing for, for this tournament in a way that you kind of need in the way that I would expect and absolutely believe that Janine is preparing for it. So that's why I'm going to go with her. Yeah. Uh, that, that is, I think the question mark I have around Humphrey as well too, is just his preparation. Um, I do think Janine is going to want to win obviously because of, you know, some of the stuff you, you talked about there with, um, her, you know, having some disappointing round threes and matches and there being a lot of talk online and a lot of people feeling like that Janine gets overhyped, um, which, you know, we, we've had a conversation about that before. We don't need to rehash that. But um, I think she's going to she's going to be extra motivated because she's going to want to prove to some of those naysayers that, you know, she does belong. I mean, she does belong whether she wins or not. But um, I think that because of that, I am going to give uh, her the edge as well. Uh, Leo says he picks Janine as well. Um, yeah, and, and I, what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say I think this is a not only will Janine want this win more I think than Humphreys will. She has a lot to lose in this match. I, I know that it's her first match in Intergeekdom, but she's on a real slide in singles. She hasn't played teams yet this year, and there's obviously it doesn't matter because we're not going to have teams for a really long time. There's some debate with like who her partner will be now with the usual suspects and the roster that they've built out after free agency and, and the trades they executed. But for me, like if Janine loses this match, she's going to get matches in the future. Definitely. She's just a strong personality in, in the league, but it's really bad. I think it's really bad for her. If, if she's now kind of underperformed in, you know, two out of three, arguably all three divisions, although the tournament, the team's tournament last year was, was hard. Like that's, that was a hard tournament. Um, and, and they had a tough loss, but yeah, I think that she really needs this win. And I, and I think that, again, I don't know how much of this bracket is random or not, but this is set up for her to to win this match, I think. Like, she's, I think she's definitely the favorite going in. And again, just because John Humphrey, we kind of know the kind of player that he is. I don't know how much preparation is actually going to go in to this match. So I think she really needs to win, really wants to win, and really should win this. And it's bad if she doesn't. Yeah, I, I I agree, and so for that reason, I am gonna gonna pick her. I mean, she has shown flashes of of possibly yeah. being a really good player in, in singles and teams. So Absolutely. we'll see what she can do in Intergeek to Pierre. All right, Scott. Next match, we just uh, had one of the players on. Uh, oh hopefully, that won't uh, bias our opinion any. But uh, Chance versus Paul, the the battle of the fan leaguers, round two. Um, who do you like in this uh, grudge match? Yeah, as much as as much as I like Paul, I will say that I have to agree with one thing a lot that he said is that how underrated Chance is as a as a player, pretty much in, in both singles and team. I shouldn't say teams because you know they have a number one finish shot. They've been former champions. And I don't think he's underrated in teams, but I think he is. He's his record belies his his overall skill and talent in singles and, and intergeekdom as well because he did have, he did have that one match last year. And I don't know if anyone could probably want this win more i i don't know how much i don't know if paul wants it more than chance um but because i can't imagine chance not wanting it more than he does i totally believe paul when he said that he thinks even last year chance wanted it you know just as much if not more than he did in, in or couldn't have wanted it more i believe is actually the words that he used and so for that reason i think with the yes again 
we kind of went over it with the interview that Paul has the experience. It's not like he's coming to intergeekdom for the first time or fresh, fresh in the sense of the movie trivia showdown, but not in terms of the fan leagues. But I think chance has a little bit of, you know, preparation advantage on Paul, just from kind of being steeped in it a little bit last year, preparing for that match. Uh, he has the experience of the family as well. And as yes, Paul has Chandru, Paul has Winston, Paul has all these other inner geekdom tangent players in his faction, including Adam Lavick. But Chance has Mike Kalinowski, and Mike Kalinowski cares a lot about Chance from everything that I can tell. I think Mike is very invested in Chance, both as a team's partner, obviously, but also in his overall career and performance. I mean, I think I, I don't know if you could ever get Christian to admit it or not, but I'm sure that Mike asked for Chance to be his partner in Anarchy. Like I'm sure that was very intentionally set up, and Mike was very invested in that partnership from the get-go. And I think with that, there will be some extra care for Mike Kalinowski in preparing Chance for this. Because, again, Ch- we, you can say how much you know, a record might belie someone's talent all you want, but if they don't go out there and they don't get the wins, ultimately it really doesn't matter all that much. And Chance needs the win. He's going to want the win. I think he's going to be prepared to get that win. I don't know if that will all equal getting over the hump against Paulo Yama because it seems like he has a little bit uh, of of a tough spot there when it comes to both their their fan league uh, records as well as in the Schmodown last year in the singles match. But I am going to go with Chance. Maybe I'll regret that in a couple weeks' time. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Paul does win. I think this will, again, go down to the five-point question, just like their singles match last year. But I'm hoping Chance can pull his five-pointer and, and maybe get over that kind of third-round, I don't know, jinx, high, you know, blues that he's kind of faced in those five. I didn't even say that because it's just the five-pointer. It's just the five-pointer that's hurt him in some of his matches. I mean, I think this is probably the toughest match of the first round to pick, for, yeah. for me at least. Um, I totally agree. Uh, it, it's, it's a total, total coin flip because... Um, I mean, I, I won't rehash the points that you've made. I think I think I agree with everything there. I'll go with Paul just for the sake of being different. Um, I I think it it is a coin toss, but Paul um, he he knows his stuff. Obviously, he was yeah. he was a uh, fandom champion in, in multiplex, which is probably a, even maybe an even harder division than Intergeekdom because there are a lot more movies which are involved there. Um, so you know he he's not someone to to doubt for sure in in this inner Intergeekdom league. I don't know that I have like much, much more reasoning. I mean, he has been, he is being prepared by his faction. So is chance again. It's just like, they're so even on paper that you kind of just have to, um, you know, flip a coin. Like I said, and you pick chance, I'll go with Paul. Um, but obviously I could see this going either way. Yeah. I mean, look, I think this is the match to watch. If you had to pick one, this is the match I'd want to watch in round one. I think that, Maybe yeah. you could make some argument for Brand for the next match we're going to talk yeah. about here, uh, just for the fireworks that it could show. But that match could easily end up being a KO. Like I think that this match is the one to keep your eye on. But hey, maybe I'm wrong. We'll get to that one in just a second. But first, I do want to talk about. I mean, let's just get get the elementary picks out of the way. Robert Parker. Oh, sorry, is I thought be... we were just skipping over this. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we 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 could, but Robert Parker is going to be playing against either Jim Vavita or Ben Goddard. I guess the question here, Scott, is not will Parker advance, but who, who will, he, will he be playing? Yeah, who will he be playing? <laughs> who will get the the pleasure of being KO'd by Robert? Yeah, uh, man, everything. I was a little bit skeptical about Ben Goddard when I came in uh, this. You know, when the, coming into the season. I was a little bit even behind on who he was. Just I know he got kind of famous just from his role on SEN at the end of last year, beginning of this year. And I don't watch SEN as much as you do, so I was a little bit less familiar with him. But everything I've seen about Ben, I'm genuinely impressed by. I think that 
His singles performance against RB3 was good. I mean, granted, it's not like RB3 is a top-tier player, but it was a strong performance overall. He's played really well in both the team's matches that he's had with Rachel Silvestrini, and he played really well in the Lord of the Rings match. Uh, the Again, another Patreon-exclusive exhibition match that you can go check out on the page, on the Movie Trivia Schmidt on Patreon page. But overall, I've been really impressed, and I'm starting to think that like, in terms of rookies of the year, you've got Robert Parker, you've got Barbarian, and you've got Ben Goddard, and I think that all three of those players have a really good shot at being this, you know, the rookie of the year, and it's going to be a really tough debate by the end of the season. Jim Vavita, on the other hand, is someone who is, you know, I there's a lot of people like this in the Schmodown, but he's a boomer of the Schmodown. Yes, he hasn't been around, you know, as much over the last two seasons, two, you know, two two and a half years, but he's the kind of player in the Schmodown that I have a hard time imagining, like studying very much for anything, but just a vast wealth of knowledge and, and, you know, of the Ethan Irwin, William Bibiani, Drew McWinney types of like, does he even need to study? The problem with inner geekdom is that you need to study. And that's why I'm going with Ben Goddard, because I think he's going to study. He's going to be really prepared. I think Jim Vavid is going to do well, but when you get to the business end and, you know, in round two and, and especially some of those deeper cut 3.5 point questions in round three, I don't think that it's a sure thing that he's going to get those questions. And right now, from what I've seen from Ben, I would expect him to get most of those questions. I think he's a really strong performer. I'm sure he has some weak spots. Absolutely. I'm, you know, Lord of the Rings is clearly a strength just from the fact that he put it on the wheel in round in round uh, two of his match with RB3. Of course, he played really, he had the Lord of the Rings exhibition match as well. So there's going to be weaknesses that he has in the If he gets a bad category in round two, that's something. But I don't think that that Jim Vavida and Roxy are going to know what his weaknesses are in Intergeekdom. So I don't think it really matters all that all that much. They're, they're going to have to rely purely on luck rather than preparation to know what Ben Goddard's weaknesses are. And for that reason, I think that a lot of things are pointing in his favor. But if he gets the right categories, if he gets the right questions, Jim Vavida could absolutely win this match too. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think I agree with your takes there. I think also, you know, Vavida is... He's definitely the second player from the Rockstars, right? Because Alex Damon, I think, is going to be the person who is going to yeah. be getting Roxy's, you know, primary attention because I think he do- he obviously does have the better chance to to make it to the finals here. He's on a different side of the bracket from from Parker. He's got Mike in, on his side of the bracket as you know probably the the toughest person. Um, so you know you, wonder, you wonder is how he, is he even the second player? I'd wonder if he's even the third. I just like Jared Haybon. Isn't he your second player? But obviously after he comes out and says he refuses to study on backstage, I don't expect Roxy to put yeah. him into a tournament. Like I, I just I'm yeah. Like is it like in reality though is Jim Vavita better than Jared Havon in Intergeekdom? I mean, maybe I honestly don't know. I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I guess we will find out. But yeah, I think I think Ben's gonna win this. I I think that he he wants a chance at Robert. Like they're they're both rookies, and obviously Robert had a ton of talk around him coming in. Everyone talking about how he was amazing before he ever played a match, which yeah. he is, <laughs> yeah. um, and he he did prove that. But I think Ben maybe has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, because he's a heel he doesn't have to well, have a chip yeah. on his shoulder, but he, he because he came in as a rookie, right? There wasn't much buzz around him, and like all he's done so far is win, right? And, and everyone is still kind of not giving him maybe maybe the credit that he deserves. And you know, one thing I will say is that he does have a lot of confidence. So I think if he does end up going up against Robert Parker, I don't think he's going to be like frazzled by the the challenge. And I don't know I don't whether know that, with that, but that that probably won't matter that much. Um, in in the end, but I think whereas a lot of people will be would be quaking in their boot quaking in their boots against Robert and rightfully so, I think Ben is at least going to put on a face of being um, you know that that he is confident and feels like he can go 
toe to toe with Robert. And look, he played really well in that in that Lord of the Rings match. We can say that. Did you go back, did you go back and, and watch it finally? Yeah, I did. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I was messaging you during it. I think, but um, oh right, yeah, you were. But yeah, Never mind. but I, I think Ben Ben will win this match. But then obviously Robert will will move on. Um, let's move to the other side of the bracket, Scott. Oh, also to Hanna. be clear, Robert Parker will beat Ben Goddard. Yes, I'll, yeah. I'll say that as well. Uh, bold bold choice there, bold stance. Uh, Brandon yeah. Hanna against Saul. You know, maybe the other must watch of of the first round just because of all of the the kayfabe surrounding this. Hanna. Obviously, you know, he's burned a lot of bridges. He is one and two. The hot man has burned some bridges. That is for sure. Yeah. And inner geekdom, but he is he is coming out firing. He really wants to and thinks that he can make a deep run in this tournament. Do you think he will beat, uh, you know, legendary Collider Live jokester uh, Saul, who somehow went from being a guy who just had funny calls on Collider Live to now like, you know, a, a player in the inner geekdom tournament and in, in a big marquee match. Yeah. Who do you think wins this one? Yeah, you know, more than a, a player in the inner geekdom tournament with, you know, in in a marquee match playing against like Brandon Hanna and kind of being the center of attention. The guy can cut a promo, man. His promo is so good. He's, I mean, that's why his call his calls were so good. Uh, you know, back in the day on Collider Live, that's why they they loved him so much because he, you know, he's he's great on the mic. He's great on the phone. He's he's yeah. a funny guy, and so I think yeah. that. From a personality perspective, he's great for the Schmodown. I'm not surprised to see that he had a really good uh, promo. Yeah, I mean, honestly, in, in this kind of COVID time of all the promos we've been getting from the, for the different matches from just random players who want to, you know, get their 30 seconds in on uh, on Instagram or on Facebook. I mean, his his promo, or I don't even know if you call it a promo, but he, you know, his little clip there, I loved it, man. I, it made me certainly want to root for him. I I had. I've listened to some of the audio clips that you've sent me over the day, over the years. I mean, I shouldn't say years over the, you know, year singular for Collider Live probably. And, and always really enjoyed the sound clips from there. And yeah, yeah, I'm definitely rooting for Saul. I think that, you know, Brandon to his credit as well as, you know, whether he's in, in, you know, imbued himself too much with the heel persona is maybe a completely different topic of conversation that we could get ourselves into here, but he's heel enough where, He's doing it right. Like I'm pulling against him because he's being a jackass. Like he's he's being a total dick out there. And because of that, I'm definitely going to be rooting for Saul because he also cut a great promo. So this whole match in terms of the theatrical, you know, components of the showdown of the kayfabe components of the showdown is like perfect. Like I don't think you could set up a, a kayfabe match better in the showdown right now. I don't know if that necessarily translates to being a close match. I think that that Brandon Hanna has the stats to prove that he is an elite intergeekdom player and his he has two losses right in the league and they're both to, to Chandra who could you know soon enough be the intergeekdom champion i think that anyone in this tournament bar robert parker and mike kalinowski should be afraid of brandon hanna i think he's missed a couple questions in round 3 that have really you know knocked you know knocked out his chances in, in, in these really top tier matches against people like Chandra. but w- when you're getting first round talent, like like maybe Saul's great maybe Saul's is a brand new top tier player to get to I have no idea. I don't expect that. But, but but what I do know is that like Frank Janish likes to say and pretty much every time he has a mic in front of him, Brandon Hanna is an 80% plus accuracy intergeekdom player. And there's only like three or four of those in the history of intergeekdom. And so for that reason, I've got Brandon Hanna. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if it's an, if it's a TKO. Yeah, and his one win, right, is against Chandra. I mean, it was it was in a four-way, five-way match, whatever, but um He's you had know, other wins too. Sh- he he he's had other he's had more than wins against Chandra. Yeah, he sorry, he beat Emily Rose Jacobson as well. But um yeah. 
th- those are his. But he does have that win against against uh, Shandru, who which obviously looks uh, more and more impressive win every time that Shandru plays a match. And now Shandru is going to be playing for the title, so um, I think that. Um, you know, you can't discount that. You can't discount what the numbers say. Again, kind of like, uh, you know, a few other people we talked about, Barbarian, um, Saul is a little bit of an unknown um, in, when it comes to inner geekdom. Um, but I don't know that I've seen anything to suggest that, you know, unlike Barbarian, that he is going to, to come out really strong and, and be, you know, a, a force. I think maybe he's he's kind of there for the, you know, the Josh McCuga yuck yuck factor which is great like i i i love that i mean that's that's as much a part of the schmodown as the trivia is in my opinion um and so i think he will he will put on a good show but i think at the end of the day um that brandon is going to be able to talk the talk at least in his first match um and advance to the second round yeah i think he, i mean we'll get around to the second round i think he's got a he's got a good bracket to go at least to the semifinals. I mean, he might slip up. Absolutely. And if he does slip up to go back to something we were talking about with Paul, it's going to, it's going to, not only is this whole storyline about him and, you know, everything that's been going on with the trade and his sort of, I don't know, heel, heel turn, his like secondary heel turn, it seems like, uh, is going to just fade away. He's going to fade away. He's going to be done. If he loses this match to Saul, his career in the Shmodan is over. Like at least for inner geekdom for a really long time. Like he's done. Yeah. And so he really not only is, do I think I mean he's going I think he's going to win this match pretty comfortably but if he if he doesn't win this match comfortably and even more so if he loses this match it's very bad for him. Yeah, I I I definitely definitely agree with that. He is he's definitely he's put himself out there to where there's really no going back now if if he loses this. He uh yeah. He's probably finished. But um moving on to the next match Scott this is I think a, a low key intriguing match between Alex Damon um obviously star wars champion um and jen kemp from the fan leagues um has yet to play a, a schmodown match but um I, i'm not i'm not as familiar with her matches in the fan leagues as i am you know with some of the other fan league players so i don't know exactly what her experience with inner geekdom is if she played ig matches in the fan leagues but um I, you know, I tend to value fan league players a lot just because I know um, how much goes into preparing for the fan leagues and that the, the trivia is is the sole emphasis over in the fan league. So um, the the questions are often harder. The the players are a lot of times have more knowledge. Um, but, you know, it, it will it will. You know there there are a lot of factors, obviously, but and and Alex Damon right now is is playing as any as well as anyone in the in the Schmodown. I mean, whether it's Star Wars, Intergeekdom, whatever, uh, he showed that in the Championship of Champions Patreon match or whatever, which is now now up for everybody. Um, he played really well, even though it was questions from everywhere. Right? It was it was IG questions. It was um, general movie questions. In the uh, Lord of the Rings match, obviously he he went many many rounds with Robert Parker um, to to determine who the the winner was there. So he's he's playing really well. He has a win at Intergeekdom. Uh, I think that he is, you know, someone who people are looking at on this right side of the bracket and saying, hey, if anyone is going to make it to the finals besides Mike Kalinowski, it's Alex Damon. Do you agree? Do you think he beats the unknown again and Jen, Jen the fan league player? Yeah, I, the, here's the thing. I would, in terms of my a, ability to predict this match, like Jen Kemp is as an unknown to me as Josh Cavado was in the Star Wars division. I'm not comparing their abilities. I have, I just have no clue. And so when I predict this match, I'm basing off what I think that Alex Damon's capabilities are. 
and we all know what Alex Damon is capable of in anything that starts with star in your in inner geekdom, whether it's Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever it is, he's gonna be good. He's gonna be good at Lord of the Rings. The question is, does he have those other categories covered? Because I think that in that live event, he showed a few weaknesses. Now, granted, it's been three months, like it's almost been like three months to the day since that live event. And he's had a lot of time to do that because yes, he's I'm sure he's constantly doing everything he does for his YouTube channel of Star Wars Explained. He's been I'm sure he's been helping Molly prepare for the Star Wars tournament. And I'm sure he's been helping, you know, maybe other members of, of the rock stars, maybe Josh. I don't know what if he was doing anything with Josh there uh, for the Star Wars turn Star Wars tournament. So but he's had a lot of time to shore up those weaknesses because that was pretty early on in his turn to start competing in inner geekdom. And I just don't know anything about Jen Kemp. And so it's that makes it just almost impossible for me to really authentically predict this match. I'm going to go with Alex Damon because he's a known quantity. And I know that he is an absolute killer in three categories. And if he gets, I mean, if he gets lucky, then he could be going, you know, near perfect, if not completely perfect uh, through the whole, the whole match that requires luck. Just if he gets unlucky, he, he may have a very bad match. I think that's, that might be the kind of player that he is, but if he's a good enough player that I think that he probably is, he's going to be able to grind out pretty much any category in inner geekdom. Maybe he won't get 10 points in round two, Maybe he'll miss a three or a five point question. But the question is, will Jen Kemp force him to have to hit, hit those questions? And I just don't know the answer to that. I'm going to go with Alex Damon, but I feel probably the least confident of this one in it, in any of my picks just because of the lack of knowledge. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, Alex Damon, like he has three cat. Like if he gets Star Wars, if he gets Lord of the Rings, if he gets, I mean, it seems like Star Trek as well. If he yeah. gets any of those, he's not missing a question. I mean, I, I, I find it hard to believe he's going to miss a question based on the knowledge that we've seen him show, particularly in Star Wars and and uh, Middle Earth. Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, that the odds are somewhat good for him. Then, you know, if he, if he spends one of those in in round uh, number two, that's basically an automatic ten points right there. Um, and you know, I, I don't know. Again, we don't. We just don't know what Jen's knowledge is. We don't know if she has a category like that or two, which she can just run if she lands on it. So. It is really hard to pick pick Jen. I, I wish I knew more about her as a family player to to have more of an informed opinion here. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna I am gonna go with with Alex Damon um, here to set up a, a juicy match between him and, and Brandon Hanna in the second round. But Scott, a couple more matches here for the first round: uh, Emily Rose Jacobson and Eric Zipper. Um, Emily is obviously someone who she's played, uh, I believe, three matches in Inner Geekdom. She was the loser to Alex Damon in that live match. And Eric Zipper, someone who uh, I don't believe has played an Inner Geekdom match, but, uh, you know, seems like he has a, a good amount of geek knowledge uh, from what we have seen from him in singles and teams. Who do you like here? Has he really not played an Inner Geekdom match? Man, I thought I could have sworn he played at least one, but um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm sure someone in the chat will correct us. So, but anyway, so it sounds like, again, kind of having to live off secondhand information here, but the way that Kaiser and the way that Smets have been talking about Zipper is someone is something that is, I don't know, really intriguing. It seems like Zipper has been really, really devoted to getting sharper in inner geekdom to really leaning into these dungeon tactics, whatever, you know, Kevin Smets, Kevin Smets's study tactics are. It's something that, seems like he's been very devoted to recently and Kevin Smets and Kaiser are out there saying, you know, it's not even, not only should Emily Rose Jacobson be watching out, but Mike Kalinowski should be watching out. Now, I don't know if I'll, if I believe them right off the bat because Al, you know, 
Roxy Stryer was over here calling Josh Cavado the next Alex Damon um, in uh, in in the league. Wow. Somehow I don't remember any of his matches. Yeah, I <laughs> thought, that I really thought that he played a few. Yeah, and no, I, I was. I thought that he had only played one. I can't. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, for those wow. of you listening okay. to the well, podcast, Zipper, two, yeah. Zipper is one and two in Inner Geekdom, uh, just to get that correction in there. So, but yeah, so I, we I even watched the show. <laughs> uh, it's been a while. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, one of those one of those things that I was saying there is that like it seems like Zipper has really devoted himself to being a better player, and he's always felt like that player who is not quite there in past seasons. Like he's close, but he's just not getting over the hump. You could even say that's true from his match against Stacey Howard in singles. Like he was close. Maybe even he should have won that match, but just couldn't quite get over the hump. And I feel like that's kind of been the sum kind of sum summarized his entire career in the Schmidon so far. But it seems like maybe based on the study tactics that he's been using here with the dungeon and based on, you know, his commitment to those tactics, he might be about to turn a corner. And so I'm very interested to watch this match. I'm very interested to see what his performance is. I think that this will be a W for him. I just don't trust Emily Rose Jacobson to win this match. I I think she had a tough break uh, in the in the match. I think that that match was maybe a little bit closer than a, than a TK than the, than the score the TKO score made it look in Atlanta that she had with Damon. But uh, I think that Zipper is going to win this match even if he hasn't necessarily turned the corner. But I'll be interested to see, and I think it'll be really apparent really quickly if he has turned that corner. And if he will be able to give Mike or anyone else in the tournament, of course, that's assuming Mike wins his first round match. We'll talk about here in a second. But willing to give those top players more of a run for their money, I think that'll become really apparent really quickly. But I'm picking Zipper either way. Yeah, I think I got to go with Zipper as well. Um, even though apparently he is one and two in Interkeetum, um, which I guess that is Emily's record as well. So I guess this was a this was a yeah, good matchup uh, in the first round. Not to hold this against her, but the worst win in Schmidt on history. Yeah, that's, that, that's besides, what I was going to say. Besides R&B against Dagnino, maybe the worst uh, win in, in, in history that, in Schmidt on. That's what I was going to say. Her her two losses were better matches for her than her win was, where she only scored eight or nine points against uh, Winston Marshall. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I, I just don't know that she has shown yet that she has the ability to put, you know, to, to win a match against someone who is, of the same quality or, or greater, uh, as her, I, I don't know exactly what her strong, strongest categories are. Um, she, I believe in her, her Alex Damon match, she like kept Star Trek after a first spin, maybe. I think Harry um, Potter. Was it Potter? Okay. I think it was Trek, but, uh, regardless, I, I think that she didn't do as well as she would have hoped. Um, Damon with, might with have. Oh category. no, she gave Damon Harry Potter. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Star Trek. Yeah, so I think she kept Star Trek. She kept Star Trek, and and it didn't go probably as well as she she would have hoped. So I don't know. I I don't know what her strengths are. Um, Zipper. I think we know that he's pretty good at the MCU. He did he ha- did play in that last MCU match, I believe, um, and performed fairly well. If I if I'm remem- remembering correctly, so. Uh, but who knows? I'm probably not remembering correctly because we didn't think he even had an, an intergeekdom match. But um, I'm going to go say, with Don't say we. Uh, you you thought that he didn't have an intergeekdom match. Don't loop me into that. We, we weren't sure. We weren't sure. And he has played three matches. I think it's bad <laughs> that we weren't sure and he has played a total of three matches and we couldn't remember one of them. But uh, let's just move on to the next match before we just you know put our foot in our mouth even further. Um, yeah. So Mike join us next time when we have Eric Zipper on the podcast to talk about his intergeekdom yeah. match. <laughs> um, Please tell us what happened in these matches because we don't remember. Mike is going up against either Greg Alba or 
Warfather, um, Warfather, someone who has lost an Intergeekdom uh, match, another one of those three or four way matches. I believe Chandra was the winner of that match. Um, and then um, my uh, Greg Alba, you know, John Humphrey's partner. We kind of probably feel about the same as about John as we do about him. They, neither one of them has played. Maybe even worse. Yeah, who knows? I mean, we, we, you know, we haven't seen in their real rejects matches like a real disparity in knowledge, like it, it, that one of them knows a particular area better than the other one does. It seems like they're kind of on the same wavelength in, in terms of what they know and, and maybe what they don't know. So John had a much sure better performance they, in their teams in their latest teams match, though. He, he that's true. That is true. Greg. That is true. Um, that doesn't but, necessarily you know, translate to inner geekdom. Though. That inner geekdom is a whole new ball game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Regardless, I, I think we know what which way this is going to go. Kind of like with, with Robert Parker, I think the question here, Scott, is who is Mike Kalinowski going to beat in order to to make it to the second round? Yeah, I think he's going to be beating Warfather. I think that he's just going to have a little bit more than Greg. Again, I just don't believe that Greg is going to be studying for this. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Greg is going to study for this. I don't know. Maybe Koi will inspire him to study. I'm just really surprised that these are Koi's picks for the tournament. It is Koi, right? It, it is the Quirky Mercs. Uh, yeah, for Greg Alba, yeah. Well, yeah, and John Hunt, maybe both of them, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I mean, look, maybe, maybe they don't have a better option. Like, maybe you can't just throw Tim Franco or or Bibbs in there. Maybe they're just not prepared or just not interested yeah. in doing it. But I'm just really surprised. These are your two picks for the Intergeekton tournament. Surprised like, Tim Franco's not in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just again, I'm just really surprised. These are his two picks because these are people who are character players. I mean, Warfather is a character player too. Don't get me wrong. But these are guys that it seems pretty clear in the past. Like, yes, they've had good performances here and there. Don't get me wrong. Like, I enjoy watching them, too. But these aren't guys that I would necessarily would want to just throw into a tournament and, and expect them to get wins. It's like there's less of a role of character players in these tournaments. I mean, yeah, we're certainly getting that with with Brandon and, and Saul for sure. But like this is about like you win, you get the chance to win more points. You lose, you're done. You're like, you're probably done for the season if you lose, depending on who you are. And so I'm just surprised that these are the two picks that that Koi, the best picks that Koi can come up with for the Intergeekdom tournament. And I don't have very much faith in, in Greg to even beat Warfather. And for that reason, I, I am going to go with Warfather, even though I think, again, character player for sure. I don't, I don't mean to differentiate him too much, but like he's uh, like, I can't believe Robert Meyer Burnett might pick up. I, I assume this match will also only be worth two points, the play-in matches, but this oh, should be yeah. two points for the for the Droogs. Yeah, I mean, Warfather, he's won a singles match somehow. Um, I, I <laughs> He's won more singles I, matches I, than Intergeekdom. What are we thinking? That is true. I'm, I'm going to agree. Um, again, just going with the known commodity over the the unknown, I think it's probably the coward's way out. We haven't really <laughs> picked, picked many upsets here. But I don't think this match That's because really there's matters, not many upsets right? to be picked in the first round. Yeah, I don't think this match really matters because, I mean, it, it, here's what I'll say. It will be an entertaining match, right? Both of these guys are, are entertaining. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a high-scoring match, um, but I do think Mike Kalinowski is going to put a high score on the board whenever he he probably KOs one of them to make it to, to round two. So I, yeah, I, I don't I'm know if it'll be a KO because Mike. Mike is a really interesting case, right? Like, cause I don't think he was planning on coming back to Intergeekdom so quickly. He had the chance to play a number one contenders match against Chan against Chandra and turned it down. I mean, maybe he didn't want to be coming back and competing at that level immediately after his match with Smets, right? Maybe he wanted to focus on other areas and and maybe you know, all else equal, he wouldn't be, you know, playing in Intergeekdom right now, but all else is not equal. COVID-19 came and now he's back in the Intergeekdom tournament. And I think that he'll be a little bit grateful that he's going to get, you know, a match to, you know, to, to start his, to start his Intergeekdom engine up again before he faces off against, you know, whether it's Zipper or, 
or um, Emily Rose Jacobson. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. We, we, I think we'll probably see that play out if it if it does play out in yeah in round two, like you're saying. But um, yeah, so, something to watch out for sure. How, how committed you know, and how, how fresh Mike is going to be for this tournament. But Scott, let's move over back to the left side of the bracket and for expediences, expediency's sake, um, so that we do have a couple of minutes to talk about these Star Wars matches. Why don't you kind of sum up your, the rest of your left side of the bracket Tell me, tell us who is going to come out of that side of the bracket and reach the finals. Yeah. So just as a quick recap in the second round, in the quarterfinals, I have Barbarian against Janine. I do have Barbarian taking that match. It'll be a, a rookie semifinal match against him, against Robert Parker. Cause you know, chance or Oyama coming out of that one match. I got Robert Parker over either of them. I think it will be again. I think it might be the close match. It might be the closest match that Parker has will have to have played so far. Again, that's only, I mean, it only would be his third match if it gets that far, but I think it'll be barbarian against Parker on the left side. Scott, is it the same for you? Yeah, it, it, it is just, just looking <laughs> yeah. at it now. I mean, now that, now that I really look at it, yeah, it, it's, it's gotta be barbarian against Parker. I think, um, you know, I, I Janine Look, is, I hope I hope that Janine, if Janine yeah. can beat Barbarian, that's awesome. I'm I'm so here for that. That's super exciting, and I think that maybe I'll be reevaluating my selection once I actually see some game tape of these guys actually in their first round matches. But for now, I've got a lot more faith in Barbarian than I do in Janine, which is kind of the opposite of what we're saying in terms of the known quantity versus the unknown quantity. Yeah, no, th- that is true. I mean, I, I think again, Barbarian. It's it's tough to say that he's totally an unknown quantity just because we've seen the type of player that he is and in sure. singles and the Jurassic Park match. And like, like I said before, I think he just has one of those brains that is going to be well suited for interviewing yeah. them. But um, yeah, Agreed. obviously I had Paul, Paul beating chance, but uh, I don't think, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think whoever wins that Robert will move on to face barbarian, which I think that could be the finals right there. Like I think that match could, could be. be like the high, high scoring, you know, maybe even go to sudden death, you know, like it'll one, be like the Kanopic the Kanopic Cushing match from the last energy tournament, which it, was a semi final like match. A, yeah, like one question could potentially a round one question, like Paul was saying earlier, could potentially decide the match. Uh, and I, but I'm going with Robert. Um, I think that he the the kid is just a beast. I mean, there's there's no denying it. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, he's. Spoiler alert, he's going to win the whole thing. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that he he will beat Barbarian in a probably, like I said, maybe the match of the tournament. And my heart wants to pick an upset in this tournament because I just don't think that there is. <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be an upset picked on this entire on this entire board. Um, so it's like, oh, man, will it happen? Will it not happen? But I, I don't know how anyone in their right mind picks against Parker. I just don't I just don't know how you pick against the guy. He's an absolute maniac. I, I think something like Frank was saying that there's like he he gives it like a 70, 75 percent chance that Robert Parker doesn't miss a question the entire year. I mean, that's insane. Obviously, that's not based on any sort of like statistical you know evidence or anything like that. That's just a that's just Frank Frank throwing out a what he thinks is a good estimate or a good a good you know percentage or chance that that happens. But I think that speaks to like how good anyone who believes in Robert Parker's existence in the fan leagues actually is. And, and it's hard to bet against that. I I wish that Barbarian were on the other side. I, I really wish the Barbarian went on the other side of this bracket. Robert did miss a question in the in Lord of the Rings match. Just, you know, completely shameful. So Yeah, he should uh, quit. I, I can't even believe he's even playing. He the should really retire, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I, that was that was so funny to me, right? They they went so many rounds with just that was no a crazy one question, though. That and then all of a sudden, they both missed. The what, what was the color on the banners behind the throne yeah. in in Rohan? It was, it was multiple crazy. colors, I think. Yeah, yeah three colors. Um, what were the three colors? Yeah, was, Jesus. All right, Scott. <laughs> right side of the bracket. Who do you think is going to move on uh, to face Robert in the finals? Um, Obviously, I think we had the the same on this side of the bracket with Brandon Hanna against Alex Damon and Eric yeah. Zipper against Mike Kalinowski. Yeah, you know, hot hot man's got to gonna prove himself whether he's the real deal or not against Alex Damon. I think. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll see if maybe, maybe he's playing Jen Kemp. We talked about how we didn't really have a good sense there of what Jen Kemp might be able to do against Alex Damon. But either way, I think you know, I believe in the statistics. I'm going to put it this way. I believe in the statistics that Brandon Hanna is an 80% plus IG player. So I'm going to go with Brandon Hanna. I think that Brandon Hanna is going to make it to the semifinals. And I think he's going to be really excited to give Mike Kalinowski a run for his money if he does have the chance to play him. So I'm going with Hotman. And then on the other side, I am going to go with Kalinowski over Zipper. I'm really excited to see this match. I think this actually, you know, of the of the quarterfinal matches, this might be the one I'm looking forward to the most just because if Zipper is as hyped if the hype around zipper coming out of the dungeon is warranted which you have to take with a grain of salt right like managers are hyping up their players all the time doesn't mean they're going to deliver doesn't mean it's it's the truth right but if that hype is real and that hype is deserved then i think what you could see some real fireworks here in the second round for between him and mike uh, but i'm going to go with mike and so then against yeah. mike then it's mike against uh brandon and if mike gets that far i think all the all the wheels are going to be turning all he's going to be firing all cylinders at that point and i think it's going to be hard to stop him getting to the finals yeah, uh, I, I mean, it's also Mike against Zipper, also, a, you know, corruption against the dungeon, which is always a, a spicy rivalry there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be a, a little bit a little bit different here. I'm going to say Alex Damon uh, moves on. I yep. think that, again, he, he demon, has baby. one of those brains. I keep I keep saying that, but I mean, we've we've seen it time and time again in Star Wars. And I think we're starting to see it in Intergeekdom. We're starting to see what he can do if he is given time to study for anything, yeah. right? For anything. He just, whatever his study strategy is, he's got it down. Um, and he, he knows how to prepare for these matches. So maybe. I'm going Damon. Um, maybe. Um, I'm going Damon. I'm going uh, Mike as well. And then I am going to go, I'm going to say that we're going to get a rematch of the Lord of the Rings sudden death wow. in the finals. I'm going to say Robert against Alex Damon. Um, I think that Alex is, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting to watch, right? Like him against Branna, Brandon or him Branna. against Mike. Branna. Yeah, there you go. That's the Him against Brandon or him against Mike because they are both Brandon and Mike are obviously both pretty emotional players. Uh, yeah. Brandon, especially now, you know, what, what, uh, you know, he's come out and said, and, and Mike, you know, we've seen that time and time again, that he's an um, emotional player. Alex Damon is the opposite of that, right? He is, he is, you know, just locked in. He is cool, calm and collected no matter what. So it will be a tale of two appro approaches. You know, you've seen both sides of the equation. You've seen sometimes you know, like uh, Ethan Irwin will lose to a, a more emotional player, but you've also seen sometimes where that cool head will will give him a, a leg up on the other players. Like maybe if if he messes up on a question, uh, he won't take it as hard, or he won't let it get to him like like you know a, a Mike or, or a Brandon Hannah might. So um, yeah, I, I I think I think that approach is, is uh, you know, maybe just a slightly better approach. So I'm going to go with Alex, but then, of course, I am going with Robert to win the whole thing. Um, 
I think it will be a great match, but I think that um, we're going to see a Robert versus Smets. Maybe the only person who can can truly take uh, Robert all the way is is Kevin Smets. It's crazy to think that I think that Intergeekdom now has really gotten to the point where Star Wars has been at for a while is that you miss a question, you you lose the top level. You can't miss a question. You have to go perfect. That's what it takes to beat yeah. Parker. That's what it takes to beat Smets, right? Like, yes, Kalinowski did it at Collision last year, but I don't, has Smets missed a question in his last like three or four matches? I don't think so. Like, it's pretty wild. Even going to multiple choices is, is yeah. a risk. Um, yeah, no, and that's, look, you, you watch the Lord of the Rings match. That's what Smets said. Like, Smets went to multiple choice, and he knew that he'd lost, even though he, like, he had to do it, right? Like, they were going to get the two-point steals if he didn't do it. Um, but he knew he'd lost as soon as, as soon as he went to multiple choice in that match, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's the Intergeeks of Tournament. Again, I'm sure we will all be will be dead wrong about everything. Oh, I'm also said. I'm also picking Parker. Sorry, we keep glossing over okay, my final yeah. pick. Uh, I, I not only do I think it'll be Parker, I think it'll be Parker by a KO, a TKO, not KO, but T, a TKO here. One of the things that we didn't talk about, Mike, is that I also think it will be a not insignificant factor that this is being played digitally. Like this is not happening yeah. in the studio. Kalinowski has never. I don't. I mean, look, maybe, maybe he's practicing and getting those reps under his belt now. I mean, he should be if he's smart. He'll be getting he'll be getting some practice matches in like this. But it's different, right? Like you talk about the studio lights, you know, taking a toll on you. This is a whole different kind of pressure. You're thinking about different things, especially for a player like Mike. You talk about being an emotional player, about a player who kind of lives and dies maybe by his like rituals and his traditions before the match. Like this is a whole new zone that he's going to be playing in. And again, another reason maybe why it's good that he's playing someone like a Warfather or a Greg Alba in his first round because he doesn't have to worry too much about nailing everything perfectly. And it's going to matter a lot, like as he gets later in this tournament how he adapts to playing in this format on stream yards. Cause it could, I think it could be a serious inhibiting factor in his performance just because of the kind of player that he is. I'm sure he's preparing for it, but I'd like to see how much it affects him in that first round as it goes on. Yeah. I mean, the manager stuff will be a, a little yeah. more dif difficult as well. We saw in, in the uh, Cavedo versus ACE match, which why don't, let's just transition. Yeah, let's just talk right about now. that. Cause I have some thoughts about um, that too. Yeah, because so so what I was referring to is that in round two, right, Cavedo, this guy, uh, we, we really missed the ball in this one because I think yeah, that we, we thought that he was, you know, he was traded. We thought he, he might actually be able to make some noise. He comes in like he, he cut in his promo. He's saying like he's wanted to be in the Schmodown for a while. The guy didn't seem to know the rules to round two. He didn't seem to know that he could go to multiple choice. And, yeah, you know, maybe. on that point about managers, it took a couple of questions and it took Roxy. I don't know if she put something in the private chat or if she was signaling Christian. I think she did, but he didn't. He wasn't. I mean, it's look like even right now, it's you don't. You're not always necessarily looking at the private chat. Exactly, and that, and and that's my point right there. It's it's going to be harder for managers. Whereas, like if they were in studio, right, Roxy could just shout out. You have multiple choice. Like you know, we we've heard her shout out many a times in matches. So yeah. this, you know, it, it does change the game in that respect too. Um, and so I, I think that that is that is something that. You can't count out how how are managers going to use this different format to you know calm down their players or yeah. you know maybe signal for a challenge or something if if they if they need it. Uh, yeah, I think the, but, the interesting thing about Mike is that I mean I think that who was I think even Roxy's the one maybe who talked about this. Like Mike isn't necessarily someone who wants to be managed by anyone. Like he manages himself. It's different, of course, with Shannon. I think being being his manager now as official manager and i think that he does rely on her maybe more than he has on past managers but uh, mike is a unique case i think with that and so switching back over here to talk about the star wars match because 
that was the immediate reaction of everyone. Like, oh, he doesn't know how to play the game. He's not going to multiple choice. And, and I agree with that to an extent. But part of me is also like, I don't, I, I think that it's possible that he didn't necessarily, like he meant to not go to multiple choice. And some of those things like Ace knows his stuff. He's going to be like, maybe he's trying to play an aggressive tactic of, I'm going to go for it on my two point. I don't want to go to multiple choice because I don't know how much it's going to actually help me get the answer right. Like, I'm not saying he was right. Like, clearly, if that's what he thought, he was wrong. Like, he probably was wrong there. But I think that it was a tactic that that we've seen other players use in the past, sometimes to very negative outcomes. Like, thinking about Paul in the, uh, I think Paul Oyama did this as, in his title match against Ben Bateman. Like, he decided to take some swings on those classic yeah. questions and not go to multiple choice. And <laughs> clearly did not pay, pay off for him in that match. And I think that this is something that if it was a tactic he was using, it didn't pay off for him here. I, again, I, I agree based on some other key points. Like I like Leah, you flashed on the screen here. Like Leah was saying here, burning all his, all three of his JT yeah. by the end of round two. I think that was probably a mistake and that's a little bit of inexperience there, but killing him for not going to multiple choice. I don't think that's the craziest thing in this division. Like if you think that you, aren't going to be helped too much by multiple choice. Like you're trying to decide between two names and these are probably names that are going to end up in the multiple choice anyway. So how much is it even going to help you? Uh, I, I can see the logic in not going to multiple choice and giving ACE a chance to, a better chance to, uh, to steal or giving, making it harder for ACE to steal those points. But that's just my perspective. I think that he was getting killed a little bit too hard for that. Well, I will say one of the questions he didn't even answer, right? Like he just let the time run out and he was yeah, just that's like, true. Uh, I mean, he should have gone to multiple choice at least on that one. Um, so yeah, I, th I, think, I agree. That's true. I, I, I think he, there was a lack of understanding of the rules, which is, you know, again, funny considering he was who talking manager about is. Who, who his manager is, but more than that, the fact that he was talking about like, I, I've wanted to be in the Shmoda, like I've been waiting to be in the Shmodown or whatever. It, it, it amazes me, right? I, I guess just because the fan leagues are different, like everyone studies and prepares so much for matches that it amazes me that people come into these Schmodown matches. And first of all, not only that they don't know the rules when they come into the match, but that they don't just don't even listen to the rules when they're being read out there during the match, right? Because like Mark Ellis says it every single time. He says you can go to multiple choice. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'll never understand how, and I mean, you know, especially players like Matt Atchity again, who ha have played, you know, 10, 12 matches or whatever, and they still don't, don't know what the rules are. Like even I, John I Roca asking, I, I can't go to multiple choice in round three. I swear to God, he asked, he asked <laughs> yeah. that in a match last year. Like, it, I was just it, like, how many matches have you played? No. Like, what are you I, talking for about? some reason, I thought he did that in like the champions of champions exhibition, but yeah, I, he might've, he might've done it there too. The rules were a little bit different that match, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I, as far as ACEs performance goes, I think he, he was, he was, a, he gave, he put in a good performance guy. Good. Like, yeah, really. I think that, um, we gave him a hard time going into this match because of his intergate match, right? Because of the fact that he, you know, said Harry Potter is my strength and then didn't even do that well in Harry Potter. I think he clearly prepared for this match, maybe to Paul's point, right? Uh, from earlier that, that, you know, the swag and, and Winston and everybody there prepared him really well for this match because he put in a, a solid performance and, I don't know. I think he could could give Ken Knapsack a, a run for his money. Obviously, I think we we both thought that Knapsack was going to win the match. But, you know, Ken came in at the end of this match and he seemed to indicate that maybe he wasn't preparing as much as we, you know, maybe we, we thought he was. Now, he, he could just be saying that for the camera, right? We, we don't know whether that is true or not. But he kind of was just saying, look, I just I show up, I, I play 
whoever I play and we'll see who knows more about Star Wars. He, he didn't, he seemed to downplay the like studying part of it and that, that, that he's been rewatching the movies or anything like that. Yeah. Now maybe that, maybe now that he has his opponent, right. Maybe that's a little more real for him. Maybe he will, you know, start g getting into it more, but I did think that was interesting because we did have the conversation about, you know, I think Ken's been preparing a lot since he's re retired or, you know, since he stepped away and, yeah. uh, you know, maybe could, could, uh, be back to the old kid knapsack. Yeah. Look, maybe he's, he's a uh, hood hoodwinking people trying to you know throw out a false flag there and, and get people to think that he's not preparing. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to speculate on that. Certainly sounded like we might've gotten that one wrong last week, talking about how he was, Oh, the extent to which he was preparing for this match. That being said, not he did he did say some other things too when he came on. You talked about how maybe he wasn't preparing, but he said that he didn't miss a single question in that match and he hadn't been studying. Which take that with a grain of salt. He wasn't playing in the match. Maybe he was getting all the questions right. Maybe he wasn't. I will say I thought most of those questions were a little bit easier uh, than at least at least in the, from the match compared to the questions in the match this past week with Laura Kelly and Sean Sullivan. I thought those questions were like, at least noticeably more difficult than the yeah. play and match question. So we'll see if that matters. That. Ace put in a good performance, and I totally agree with you saying that. He did not put in a great performance. I think this was just a good performance. It's all that he needed to beat Josh Cavado. And I think that, maybe to Ken's point here, I think he's going to need to put in more than a solid performance to beat Ken Knapsack, even if Ken Knapsack isn't studying. I think that Ken, he wrote yeah. the book on Star Wars. I mean, people say that all the time, kind of as like an offhanded joke. It, take that for what it's worth, right? But like, the guy doesn't need to study to know a lot about Star Wars. The same at this point as Alex Damon, like Alex Damon doesn't need to study anymore to know a lot about star Wars. Alex Damon still, I imagine will study when it comes time for that title match that he eventually plays against, presumably against the winner of this tournament. But Ken Knapsack still knows a lot about, about star Wars. And if he does just maybe goes to the next, I think he's got a couple weeks before his match against ACE, maybe two or three weeks. He's just going to go through, he's going to rewatch the movies. He may or may not be looking at the level of detail that someone like an Alex Damon is looking at. I don't know. I still think that Ken is a force to be reckoned with, even without studying. Now, maybe if I if he isn't really studying, I maybe revise my pick against him and Laura Kelly. I think my, that match might go a different way because she looked like a stone cold killer uh, last week, and we can transition over to that match in a yes. second. But Ace's performance, good, not great. We were very wrong about Josh Cavado. Uh, uh, that trade between the rock stars and the Droogs was a total dud. Like absolutely nothing coming out of that trade. It was Cavano we'll for JTE and a third JT? round pick and a third we'll round see if pick. JTE plays. We'll see if JTE plays it, but a third round pick is the equivalent of either a sixth or a seventh round pick. I think there was some yeah. revision. Maybe we, when we originally talked about it, we said you could protect four players. It seems like that might have three, already been changed yeah. to three. Now we'll see if it gets moved again, but for a third round pick in the draft is really a, a sixth or a seventh round pick. That's not very valuable. Uh, and so I don't think much of anything got traded <laughs> in this trade. And, you know, Roxy wanted a player to throw into to Star Wars. It was all kind of playing with house money once you when you have the champion already in your faction. But uh, I think we maybe overestimated Cavedo's ability. And we'll see if Ace can change that solid slash good performance into a great performance when he goes against Knapsack, because I think he's going to need it to beat him. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think ultimately I still do think Ken will win this match. But um, you know, just, just some interesting points made there and, and all credit to Ace for, for winning and for, yeah, swag is now, uh, you know, 
they've moved up into second place. Now the victory was scored as, as a TKO. Um, and, and so they are knocking on the Finstock exchange's door. Obviously, you know, things are going to be changing a lot here with the, the amount of matches that we're going to be getting in these tournaments. But yeah. And um, depending on the order of the matches, it just depends on the order of the matches. They might actually surpass the Finstock exchange before they have the chance yeah. to retake the lead. It just depends on the order of the matches, but we'll see. But cr cr credit to Winston because after the draft, I don't think Swag was really a faction that people were necessarily saying, hey, this is who's going to challenge Finst the Finstock Exchange. I think people were looking at some other factions, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's really, you know, t taking things by storm. And, and this is, Swag has really impressed, you know, from uh, Chandru obviously getting himself in a title match, Paul and Lon performing really well uh, in a team's match, uh, even Ace winning the Star Wars match, right? Um, I, I think that uh, they are a faction to watch out for for the rest of the season. And yes, drip drip. Um, yeah, one one of those things. I I kind of when I did my little post draft rankings, I ranked them fourth. So abs I think you're absolutely right. I I wasn't necessarily expecting them to really be at the top challenge. And I thought they had a good faction coming together after the draft, but didn't see this. And I will say, I was just kind of looking when I was going through the the scoreboard before you know doing getting getting ready for the podcast here. And what I will say is that they have the most KOs of any team in the Schmedown. In fact, I could be wrong about this, but I think that they have KOs in every single match that they've won. They've won every single match by KO. And I probably need to double check that because I'm just going off of what I have here in, in the statistics. Um, but Ace, Aces was a KO. Uh, the was it fi Final Exam was a TKO. A TKO. Yeah, Aces was a TKO, yeah. Yeah, I just meant like they, they've gotten the extra KO points. Like that's the that's yeah. been the difference maker. They like they have yeah. four wins and they have four KOs, and that makes mm -hmm. a huge difference uh, when it comes to the like tallying these points up. That that just makes such such a big difference. And you have final so like I said, so they have final exam. Um, Oyama, of course, lost. He wasn't able to pull up that match. They have Chandra's win over Brandon Hanna, which was also a TKO. They have, I mean, they obviously had Ace Cabrera losing by KO, but then they had. Was it Rogue? Was is Rogue Two in their faction? Um, I don't think so. Well, anyway, they have Ace Cabrera winning by KO. I, I oh, can't yeah, remember. they are. They they actually are in in their faction. They, okay, yeah, they so, are and, swag. Yeah, and then Rogue Two won by K TKO. So it's just yeah. like that. They've they've gotten four extra points this year. They they've turned nine points into thirteen points this year through their KOs. And and the Finstock Exchange has been done has done something similar. I think they have three. Uh, KO slash TKOs as well. So you see the the people at the top of the table here, they're the ones winning, you know, by these margins and picking up those extra points when they can. And that makes a difference. That makes a difference in the, in the standings. And that is the way that Swag has put together such a strong run, you know, through the first half of the year. Yeah, no, uh, that 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 is a good point. Those extra extra TKO points are definitely coming in coming in handy for them. And obviously, the the whole thing we don't need to get into it, but the whole challenge situation and everything that occurred with this match led to them getting an extra yeah. point. So they um, got it right at the end of the day. So they did. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last match to talk about, Scott. We we alluded to it. Uh, Laura Kelly, Sean Sullivan. Uh, I'm just going to say you missed the ball on this one. Uh, I did. I <laughs> Laura, did miss Laura the ball. Kelly looked like uh, a beast in this match. She uh, really was, was she just looked like, like the second coming of Alex Damon in this match. Yeah, she was like smiling the whole time. She never like, you know, se seemed to be rattled by anything yeah. in the match. Um, Shannon she, did something really, to her. Yeah, she, she really was a buzzsaw. Whereas I think, unfortunately for Sean, I mean, it's a tough, tough match for him, right? But I think he did seem a little bit 
nervous. I mean, especially compared to, to Laura. Um, and, and so, I mean, yeah, I, I think that Laura has, you know, cemented herself as still maybe the person to beat in the Star Wars division outside of, of Alex Damon. And, um, I feel good about my choice of her making it to the finals. I don't yeah. know if I have I feel good about my choice of her losing anymore to to Demolanta, but we will get Demolanta's match this week. Um, so I, I guess we can see for ourselves there. But um, any any comments on this match? Obviously, the the Ratzenberg thing was was mentioned early earlier. Leo yeah. says that he thinks that swung the match in Laura's favor. I yeah, agree, I mean, yeah. it was making the difference going into round three, and then obviously round three wasn't too kind to to sean but ultimately i think laura probably would have pulled this one out, out anyway i don't think anyone other than damon probably could have could have beaten her the way that she was playing in this match but what do you think scott yeah i think this is a tough one like i maybe this is some cognitive dissonance creeping in here because i picked sullivan to win this match but i think this match is kind of like emily's match against damon maybe and and atlanta i think this match was closer than the tko kind of really makes you makes you feel uh, sorry, it wasn't a TKO, but closer than the final score made you feel because I think that Laura Kelly only had to answer her two point question in round three, and he, I think, I believe that that uh, Sean missed his three and his five point questions here. But overall, Leo's absolutely right. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more that the Ratzenberger thing really just felt like it took all the wind out of his sails because, un, like, because unlike with Aces and Cavedo's match, I still think Sean Sullivan played a great match. Like I actually think that he played a great match. I think he would have beaten ace if he had been playing ace. Uh, he missed again, an ER in one question in round one is what separated these two competitors heading into round three. There was, it was two points difference because Laura Kelly got the extra point with the bon the, uh, the bonus question in round one. Mm -hmm. They both got five out of five for nine points in round two. And then, yeah, he just didn't quite nail those three and five point questions. And that you got, you have to, you have to win these matches. Of course, I'm not making excuses there, but this match was really close. It just shows you that the margins here are really thin at the top level. And Laura Kelly is ready to win by those types of margins. Like she's ready to take advantage of those. I'm as again, even before the match started, Scott, I was actually telling you like, I now I got this one wrong before the match even started. I had no, I did not have the faith in Sean Sullivan. Uh, as soon as I, as soon as I saw the promo, as soon as I saw her in the first round, Absolute. She looks like an absolute killer. I think. I think she's going to win the tournament. Wow, that's qu quite a swing from going saying she was going to lose to Sean to now she's going to win the yeah. tournament. But yeah, one one match can change a, a, a lot of things. So and, then, um, and it's a small tournament. It's only. It's not like the you know, Geek tournament is, where there's yeah. four rounds. She's in the semifinals already, so it's not like it's she has to do that much more. I mean, she still has to to win two more matches, but it's not like she has that that far to go. Yeah, uh, you, you're not wrong about that. Um, Scott, anything else to add here um, about any of the matches, the, the Intergeekdom tournament, anything that, that we have to come, except that it's going to be a good couple of months here, I think. Yeah, it's going to be a great month. It seems like the Intergeekdom and Star Wars tournaments are going to pull us through, it seems like, most of July. Uh, just based on the schedule, I think the Star Wars tournament is what lined up to to take us through basically the 4th of July weekend. I think, I think July 8th yeah. is, the, is scheduled to be the finals right now. So the, the Wednesday after 4th of July. And then if I, I was just modeling out the intergeekdom tournament, it seems like that's going to take us through a, you know, basically the end of July as well. So who knows, maybe they can be back in the studio by then. I don't know what the restrictions are going to be like in Los Angeles and what people's comfort level is going to be to be playing matches or who's even going to be available uh, locally. That, that obviously will have a huge, uh, be a huge factor as well. in, in what direction the league goes after that. But in the meantime, I think we've got two, much, two months of some really great matches. 
on our hands. I'm very excited for pretty much everything that we talked about, uh, bar none. Like all these matches are really exciting. Some, some like especially so. Some definitely more than others. But I, my excitement level for all of it is pretty high. And so after I'd say probably about a month and a half lull in the Schmidt on going through probably what mid April, it really felt like things have exploded in the last month, month and a half yeah. since then. And even in COVID nineteen, it's a great time to be a fan of the Schmodown. And we have the 32-person singles tournament, which is coming as well. Um, is that going to happen in streamer? Are they trying to get that in the studio? It seemed like, from what uh, Christian said, that probably will be happening on StreamYard. Um, and Are they going to try to do free for all on on StreamYard? <laughs> free? Well, I don't know about you. Mean spectacular? Is that what you're talking about? But no, um, no, the free for all. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. They haven't really said anything about free for all, but I think they would like to be. I think I think their goal is to be back in studio, maybe for the the ultimate Schmodown teams tournament, because oh, yeah, um, they're not going to be able to do that online. So, right. Um, that that is why they want to. I, I mean, and that is why I think they would do the the singles tournament online just to to prolong things and, and yeah. hopefully, you yeah, would a think, thirty right, a thirty two person tournament would last them. A long yeah. time, especially with four playing matches for that, because I'd imagine everyone gets four players into the tournament. That's thirty-six people. Like that is that's a, that's a lot. That's a long time. That that's probably at least two and a half. I have to do the modeling out there, but two and a half, three months, right there. That's a long time. You would th- you would think that by the end of that, or I mean, hopefully even in the middle of it, that they would at least be able to go back to the studio, you know, in in small groups and record these matches. But we will see. Yeah, I mean, it seems like Christian has a plan. Obviously, it all yeah. depends on whether people are comfortable or not. Um, but it seems like that. Um, yeah, there you go. awesome. Yeah. So Leo's in the, in the chat, there saying that it sounds like everything that we're hearing that things don't work out for the in-studio. They will, they will take this, the singles to stream yards, assuming everything goes smoothly here as it has so far with star Wars and inner geekdom. Uh, well, inner geekdom hasn't started yet, but so far with star Wars. So yeah, no, I, I think that look, it, it's, it's a good time there. I think we have a lot of, a lot of options and Christian certainly has a plan to go back into studios, even, even kind of before, um, this we realized how prolonged this whole situation was going to be. It's another thing to know how comfortable people are going to be to come back to studio. I think it's something that's going to maybe be a big question mark. I'm sure everyone's hungry to play, but how excited are they to get back and, and you know, risk getting coronavirus for the Schmodown? Um, some of them I'm sure will be more ready than others. If um, you're not willing to get it, then you're not really com- uh, committed to this game. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got, you got to want it to, to play in the Schmodown. No, but in all seriousness, I think Christian has a plan. It's just a matter of, Will people be comfortable with that plan? The plan, from what I've heard, at least the last time you talked about it, which was a while ago, uh, seems reasonable, but we'll see. All right. Well, I think that should just about do it for this episode of Champs Lunch. Thanks again to Paul Oyama for joining us at the start of the show. If you came in late and missed that interview, go back and watch it. He uh, he had some interesting things to say about preparing for IG and getting ready for his um, match against Chance. So go check that out for sure. Also check out all the podcasts on our Some Like It Scott podcast feed. We have Champs Lunch over there. We also have Some Like It Scott uh, which is our weekly movie podcast. Uh, and we're doing our Nolan, Nolan countdown series right now. Uh, three episodes of that are out. Um, and this week we will be dropping the Batman begins episode. So um, be on the lookout for that as well. Also feature presentation productions where you're watching this right now, tons of great stuff on that channel. Um, this weekend on Sunday, of course, Sunday at five is the usual uh, FPTL match. I may or may not be making an appearance. Um, uh, that's all I will say for now. Um, he is making an appearance. 
you don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I may or may not. So no, no hints. But uh, Sunday at five, there is always a great trivia match going on here, whether I am or am not involved. So um, definitely tune in for that. Um, Fantasy Film Fights is on Wednesdays um, and, you know, plenty of other great stuff going on over here on uh, the Feature Presentations channel. So uh, that should just about do it. Uh, we'll see you probably in a couple weeks. We may try to do uh, another one of these and, and recap the matches again. Um, but until we until we see you again, uh, for Scott Shelton, I'm Scott Harvey. This has been Champs Lunch, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah.